Welcome to the Journey Home Podcast. Life is full of twists and turns, and sometimes we get stuck or lost along the way. Our desire is to be a friend and resource to anyone who needs a little wisdom, advice, or encouragement on their journey. But most of all, we want you to know you're not alone. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Journey Home Podcast, and uh, today we are continuing in our series, uh, Advice to My Younger Self, and the advice that I want to share with you um, today is this, choose your heroes wisely, choose your heroes wisely, Uh, and when I use that word heroes, I really just mean, you know, someone that we look up to, someone that we admire, someone who is a role model to us, um, leaders that we follow. Um, even leaders that we, you know, we might not be close, you know, in proximity with, but maybe we read their books or follow their podcasts or whatever, you know, just anyone that we allow to have influence over us. And so, um, you know, that's that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about um, idolatry or, you know, putting someone on a pedestal or or worshiping, you know, another human being, you know, where we are called to only worship God and God alone. Um, and so, you know, hopefully that makes sense. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm just talking about that normal tendency, that normal human tendency that we have to, um, really to look for, um, you know, role models. Uh, and I, I think obviously there's unhealthy ways we can do that, but I, I do think, I don't think it's inherently bad in and of itself. Um, I, I've mentioned a book uh, previously on this podcast called The Critical Journey. And, and one of the, they just talk about the different stages that a person will go through in their spiritual development. And one of the stages, which again is very normal, it's healthy, it's everyone is going to go through it, is that you want to um, be connected, not just with right belief, but with, um, with, with uh, the right community, you know, community that um, shares what you believe is the right is a right belief. And so, um, you know, obviously, leaders are a big part of any community. And so, um, that is a normal need of human beings. It's a normal stage of spiritual development, even. Um, but of course, you will come to a place where you realize, okay, maybe I did, um, you know, put too much of find too much identity in being connected to a certain group or being attached to a certain leader, um, and then you have to kind of, you know, reassess that and go from there. Um, You know, and you might also come to a realization that, oh, maybe I did, I was following the wrong leader or esteeming the wrong kind of leader. And that's also a normal part of your spiritual development. But my point in just saying this in in the introduction here is just that it's not, um, you know, it's not wrong to look to human leaders, though, of course, you know, we always want to be wary of idolizing them, right? But it's not wrong to look to human leaders. I mean, God has given us human leaders, and they are a part of, you know, his provision for us. Um, they're obviously, they're not everything, but um, we we don't want to just throw them away just because, you know, we've seen bad examples of, of leaders in our lives. Um so one principle that um, is 
you know, woven throughout the scriptures is this just this idea that um, God's ways are not our ways, right? His kingdom looks so different than uh, our earthly kingdoms and what we might associate with a kingdom. Um, you know, some have even used the phrase, you know, it's an inside outside, upside down kingdom, right? In many ways, um, the things that God values seem so backwards compared to the things that this world seems to to value. Um, and one of the ways that Jesus articulated um, this idea that I'm talking about, this principle, um, in Luke 16, verse 15, it says, He told them, You are the ones who justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts, for what is highly admired by people is revolting in God's sight. You know, so it's not just that, you know, um, you know, we like vanilla ice cream and God likes chocolate ice cream and they're both, you know, good flavors, but we just, you know, have different preferences. No, it's not a matter of just a difference in preference. You know, Jesus is actually saying some of the things that we esteem, that we admire, it, it's not just that God disagrees. He finds it revolting, right? He he, he despises it, other translations say. And so that's um, that should uh, jar all of us and cause us to uh, want to examine ourselves and, and ask ourselves that question, you know, do I esteem what God esteems and do I despise what God despises? Um, do I, or another way to say it is, do I love what God loves and do I hate what God hates, right? Um, so that reality, um, again, that God's ways are just different from our ways, right? That it plays out in so many areas, um, but of course, it plays out for sure in the types of people that we admire or the types of leaders that we want to follow. And I don't know about you guys, but I've definitely seen in my own life, um, and I feel like I've observed it in the church at large, too, that we do have this tendency um, to, at times, gravitate toward the wrong kinds of leaders or, cer or certain kinds of leaders and um, we tend, we have a tendency sometimes to esteem that which God uh, does not esteem. And so there's, you know, many examples that we could, I could give you, but um, let me just give you some examples from the life of the Apostle Paul just to illustrate how this can play out. Okay, so, um, so, you know, if you're familiar, um, you know, one of the churches that the Apostle Paul planted was um, in the city of Corinth. And so um, in the Bible, we have a couple of the letters that he wrote to that um, church, to that the people in Corinth, uh, you know, it's called First and Second Corinthians. Um, and, you know, for the Corinthians, you know, again, the Apostle Paul, he's the one who brought them the gospel. He introduced them to Jesus. He baptized some of them, um, not all of them, but some of them. Um, and you know, he is their spiritual father. You know, he again, he's the one who um, really brought them into a relationship with Jesus. And so, you know, he, you know, rightly so should be uh, esteemed by this community. And um, but we see that over time, what happens is these other teachers and Paul will call them false teachers, even false apostles, um, but they begin to infiltrate the community, they begin to um, influence the community, and 
um, as a part of that, they really um, try to draw the people to follow them. And instead of following uh, the leadership of the Apostle Paul, and one of the ways they do that, I mean, they're they're undermining him. Um, they're saying all kinds of you know negative things about him, criticizing uh, Paul, you know, behind his back, and um, you know, in Paul's in the the book that we know as Second Corinthians, um, Paul uh, directly begins to address this challenge, this um, you know, the influence of these you know soup, quote unquote super apostles, right, and um, Primarily where that happens, it's sprinkled throughout the letters, but um, it primarily where that happens is 2 Corinthians chapters 10 through 12. And so we see um, the Apostle Paul begin to give us some a little insight into what is going on here, you know, what's happening. And again, this isn't meant to be a comprehensive, you know, unpacking of who these super apostles were and what they were doing exactly. But I'll just give you a few highlights. Um, but one of the characteristics of, of these, you know, again, these quote unquote super apostles, I don't know if that's what they called themselves or, or just a name that the apostle Paul came up with for them. Obviously, he's being sarcastic. Um, but, you know, these super apostles, um, one of the characteristics to describe them is that they're you know they're they are kind of impressive on the they are kind of impressive outwardly right and so um you know from what the what Paul writes in this letter what we can glean is that you know they seem to be pretty articulate in their speech you know they seem to have a decent number of followers um you know and and uh, they even have you know maybe what we can describe as, you know, strong personalities or bold personalities. And these are a few of the characteristics that, um, you know, perhaps attracted the the Corinthian church to them. And, and it's not just that, but at the same time, these super apostles who are actually false apostles, um, you know, they're kind of undermining Paul for kind of being the opposite or, you know, being or for not having those qualities, because I guess apparently the Apostle Paul wasn't a great preacher, and Paul even admits that in the letter. You know, he wasn't a trained speaker, and so maybe he wasn't the most articulate, you know, again, public speaker. Um, and they they even criticized his the way he treated them when he was with them. You know, they were very bold uh you know, with them, but the Apostle Paul, by contrast, was very meek and gentle um, with them. And they actually, these super apostles actually used that as a criticism against Paul. You know, they said, you know, in his letters, he talks tough, you know, he speaks, he writes so boldly, but when he's with you in person, he's very gentle and and meek, you know. Um, and it's just funny that they would use that as a criticism because, you know, if you're familiar with the Beatitudes that Jesus taught, you know, one of the, the things that he commanded was meekness. You know, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And, um, you know, gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit, as the Apostle Paul would teach us in another one of his letters, you know. And so these are qualities um, that we should be looking for as leaders, and yet... You know, for some reason, we are drawn to, um, you know, those who are impressive outwardly, right? And and just to be clear, there's nothing 
wrong with that in itself. But my point, you know, there's nothing wrong with being articulate in speech. There's nothing wrong with, you know, having a strong personality. That's not the point here. Um, But the point is that that alone is not what qualifies someone to be a spiritual leader, right? Or or to have spiritual authority. Um, The Apostle Paul says this in, in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 19, you know, really just correcting the Corinthians. He's saying, for you being so wise, gladly put up with fools. In fact, you put up with it if someone enslaves you, if someone exploits you, if someone takes advantage of you, if someone is arrogant toward you, if someone slaps you in the face. I say this to our shame. We have been too weak for that. And obviously he's being sarcastic again because, again, this is the criticism that's being leveled at him, that they're, that the Apostle Paul, he's so weak. You know, he's... And and their definition of weakness is that, you know, you know he's gentle with you. He's he's meek when he's with you in person. That's in their eyes. That's weak. Whereas I think the apostle Paul would argue, and I would argue, is it sounds like they're trying to be like Jesus, honestly. But anyway, um, you know, Paul's point here is that like you, these Corinthians are tolerating. Uh, leaders that, at the end of the day, treat them pretty terribly, right? Like, I don't know if he means that they're literally slapping them in the face, or maybe he's just, you know, it's just a figure of speech. I don't know. But the point is that they are, you know, it's one thing to have a bold personality or strong personality, but it's another to be abusive, right? And, um, you know, the Apostle Paul, in at least in part of that passage I just read, you know, he's talking about the way that these leaders treat you. Um, and his point is they're arrogant toward you. They're, they're slapping you in the face and you're putting up with that. You know, that's, you know, the, the way the leaders treat them, that's on them. But, you know, the fact that the Corinthians would tolerate this and, and be drawn to leaders like that, um, that's on them, you know, and Paul saying, you're tolerating this, you're letting them treat you like this. And you're choosing to follow them. Um, And, you know, that might sound crazy to us, but, um, you know, I think sadly, history shows and even recent events in the church have shown that the church today still, we continue to not just tolerate, but put up with or and, and and we are drawn to and we promote leaders who treat people like this. You know, and maybe some of them do it out in the open. Maybe some of them only do it behind closed doors. But, um, you know, when when few eyes are looking. But the point is, we continue to esteem people, leaders who treat people in a very unchristlike manner. And so, you know, we really need to be more discerning in that. And then another of the things that Paul uh, another one of the ways that the Apostle Paul describes these super apostles in that, you know, again, that same passage I just read is that they're enslaving you, they're exploiting you, they're taking advantage of you. And, um, you know, I'm not I don't know all the ways that they they were exploiting or taking advantage. But one of the ways that the Apostle Paul definitely talks about um, in this letter is uh, is is in financial gain, um, but also just overall, 
um, it seems that the relationship between these super apostles and the Corinthians are, you know, it's more about what the apost these apostles can get from the Corinthians rather than what the Corinthians are getting from them, you know. And again, that do it doesn't mean it's wrong to financially support a minister or a leader. I mean, the Apostle Paul in, in other letters, I mean, he says it very clearly, like those who you know, preach the gospel, they have a right to make their living from the gospel. And But at the same time, it shouldn't be a burden, right? People shouldn't feel like they're being exploited or taken advantage of financially or in any other way, you know? And the Apostle Paul really takes that, takes this to the extreme, uh, to the point where he doesn't want to charge the Corinthians anything for their ministry. Again, not because he's opposed to that, because again, he's in, in other letters, he makes it very clear, like he believes that it's right to financially support uh, ministers of the gospel. But for some reason, you know, with certain churches, you know, he and he actually says he's receiving support from other churches in Macedonia in order to be able to minister to the Corinthians free of charge. So again, he's not opposed to uh, receiving financial support, but for whatever reason in this, you know, toward the Corinthians particularly, he does not want to be a burden to them and he does not want to uh, charge them, you know, financially for his ministry. And, um, you know, so that's a direct application, but then there's a bigger principle, I think, that the Apostle Paul is demonstrating, which he also talks about in the letter, which is that if he is a spiritual father to them, then he said it's not the job of children to support their parents. It's a, it's the job of the parents to bless the children, right? Uh, and he doesn't want to be a burden to them to the degree that he's willing to take the burden on himself to not just minister to them, but figure out how to pay for it. Also, and so, um, you know, the big point is he wants to be a blessing to the Corinthians. He's not looking for what he can get out of them. And that is, you know, stands in direct contrast to the way that these super apostles are treating them. Um, and so, again, my point here is not to give a comprehensive list of, you know, all the different things we should look for or, or, or warning signs that we should look for, you know, in 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 who not to admire and who to admire, right? Um, it's it's just to give a few examples, just to get your, you know, get you thinking about it. Um, but my main point is this: just that, just like the Corinthians, we all, because we're human beings, you know, we have a tendency to uh, admire leaders or admire. Um, just people, right? Uh, heroes, as I uh, as I used the word earlier, um, that we really shouldn't, you know. Um, and so, you know, are we looking to those who are demonstrating the fruit of the spirit? You know, like miracle signs and wonders; those are fantastic, and you know, I, I believe in those one hundred percent. But Jesus is actually pretty clear; like, there's gonna be people. Um, in the end, who will do all of those things, and yet they don't have the character of Christ. They don't actually walk in an intimate relationship with him. He's going to actually say to some, depart from me, I never knew you, even though they actually did all these awesome things. And so, again, those things are good. I'm not saying throw them away, but those alone are not uh, the full 
criteria for someone that we should uh, raise up as a leader or just even admire, you know? Um, are we looking to people who demonstrate the character of Christ, the fruit of the Spirit? How do people, how do they treat people? I mean, just as a simple uh, barometer, right? How do they treat people? Um, another thing, yeah, is that are they looking to promote themselves? Are they looking for what they can get from you or what they can get out of their followers? Or are they seeking to build and to sacrifice and to, to build up the church, to lay their lives down for the sake of the gospel, right? Are they sacrificing? You know, again, it's not a comprehensive list, but these are just some of the things that I'm looking for um, in a leader or in someone that I'm going to, you know, admire or look to as a role model. And, and you know, I don't know if this needs to be said, but it's not about finding the perfect person because they don't exist other than you know god and jesus like the the perfect leader doesn't exist you know we're all gonna stumble in many ways and so that's one thing i look for too it's not a, a leader who is fully arrived but one who is on a journey and recognizes they're on a journey and is willing to repent when they stumble when they fall when they fall short you know i think that's another great sign of of a leader and of uh, someone that we should esteem as as a role model right and so um yeah again these are just some thoughts uh for you but again the advice um that i want to leave you with is choose your heroes carefully choose your heroes carefully um oh sorry wisely choose your heroes wisely um so yeah i hope that this has been helpful I hope it stirred some thoughts in you and uh yeah, thanks again for listening. Um, we are going to take a quick break uh, for the Thanksgiving holiday, but we'll be back with uh, new episodes at the beginning of December. So um, have a great holiday. Um, again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating and review, and we'd be especially honored if you would pass along the podcast or recommend it to a friend. Before we sign off, I just wanted to mention one of the most popular services we offer, which is coaching for individuals and couples. So on this podcast, we're able to share biblical truth, practical wisdom, but we're speaking on in very broad terms. That's just the nature of the medium, right? Uh, but what coaching allows us to do is to get into the specifics of your story or your situation and apply these principles in a more focused way. And while we can't promise that we'll always find a solution or resolution, many times we've found that it's helpful for people just to have someone to listen and process life with. Sometimes that's actually what we need the most. Um, so if that sounds appealing and you're still not quite sure, we even offer a free 30-minute session for new clients. That's a great way to try out coaching with no financial obligation. Um, you can find more information about coaching or our other services at our website, thejourneyhome.global. And finally, if you want to connect with us, you can email us, you can connect by social media. All of the links to our accounts are in the show notes below. We truly love hearing from you, and we promise we actually will read and respond to your emails or social media interactions. Um, so thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.